Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. Ish, it is trade deadline time. So I was thinking while I was in the shower, I was like, you know, what college teams could we come up with trades for? And I didn't run this by you at all beforehand. So I, I was, was about to say, this, about is, this is news to me right now. I was, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was, I was in the shower just like 30 minutes ago. I was like, damn, you know what? Like, what if Houston could trade like a future scholarship for like a, for like Andrew Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Like just start acquiring pieces. That's what that's what right, I think right. in the shower. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Like last year would have been like you know we would try to get in Kendrick Kendrick Davis off SMU or like yeah. a contender or something, right? This year they're fine. We'll talk about them in a bit. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of curious. What would was there is think, there a team? Is there a dude putting up like numbers on somebody where you're like ah oh, you shouldn't be wasting your year here, man? Here here's something crazy. What would yeah. Baylor give up for like a Thomas Bell? Ooh. Uh, Completely try to recreate Mark Vidal. I know, right? That's a that's a good question. Who would Baylor give up? Uh, I'm sorry. As speaking for North Texas, we want Langston Love. Langston Love. Langston Love for Thomas Bell and uh, one of the walk-ons. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, you might. You might. Langston, be able to, you know, be able to squeeze that out of it. Langston loves like a five star almost. <laughs> not even playing this right. Game. If they're if Baylor's, I mean, that's the thing with like that's that's what's right. fun about this exercise is like if Baylor's in win now mode, exactly. like, yeah, five star, sure, fine, take it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get some Thomas Bell now. Mm-hmm. Back to back. Let's think about what it. Would it take? What would it take for? Get Mike mm-hmm. Miles off TCU actually. That's yeah, but that's that's not a bad one to put him UTEP on. needs to trade. Put him. Ooh, Mike Miles at Tech. Uh, oh. I can roll. What, what, what would Tech? Point what guards? would Tech give up for Mike Miles? A point. Yeah, that's pretty good actually. I'm trying to think, because I don't know. I like the. Would it be like a? I like a lot of Techs. I was about to say the problem with that is like I like most of Tech's roster, so like I don't want to give them up. But let's like TCU Miles, needs way too much. To, yeah. So if you're, if you're, do you get, if you're tech, do you give up? You know what? Uh, no, I was going to say like Daniel Bacho, but like, I don't even No, No, they're fine. No, no, I, That's tough. Do you, I mean, honestly, if I'm TCU and I'm giving up Mike Miles. I'm like, give us Adonis Arms. That's, a, that's like, a, if I, if I'm T, like, if you're giving up, if TCU is like, you're giving up our dude, like our dude, we want one of your, cause like, they they they'll be deep at backcourt, right? Theoretically, so it'd be McCuller, Wilson, um, uh, Davion Warren. So I think, honestly, it might be Davion Warren too. Um, hell, I might ask for both from TCU. Yeah, but does does Mike <laughs> Miles? Mike Miles is a sophomore. Does yeah. he is he coming out for the draft this year? Because if not, you get multiple years there while Texas like Adonis Arms is a senior. 
That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, there's just a lot to consider there. Oh, what if you go? What if you go bacho in arms? Get you a redshirt freshman. A red freshman. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then good. you get somebody to play now. So. All right. That's a deal. I like. I like this. That was, that was fun. I like. This. That's a deal. That's a deal. Um. <laughs> but yes, there you go. There's our trade. Uh, trade deadline segment. You know, Texas State probably needs to do something too at the trade deadline. Yeah. But, I was they need bacho. I was about to say they could go. They could go for Daniel Bacho right now. Bacho. But. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's a fun trade exercise. Um, we got plenty to talk about though, including a couple mm-hmm. really good games. Uh, yesterday we're recording this on Thursday night or Thursday afternoon, and then a couple games on Monday and Tuesday. So uh, I think most of them are the men's side. Um, but you just want let's let's knock the women one out first. Let's want the uh, Texas yeah. versus Texas Tech one because that was a. Yeah. I didn't get to see it. I mm-hmm. had a lot of games to track yesterday, but I was like in the corner of my eye. I was like, I don't think we need to talk about Texas because I would assume Texas was going to blow them out. And then the first quarter they go down 22 to 18. I was like, okay, Texas, like, are you, is this going to be <laughs> one of those nights? And right. they, they end up pulling out the win 61 to 56, get back to six and five and in, in big 12 play a, a loss would have dropped them obviously under 500. But they pull out the win. Joanna on Taylor, 14 points. Audrey Warren, 12. And um, Texas Tech, obviously led by Vivian Graves, scores 20 points um, on the night. So um, what, what do you want to start with this? Do you have an overarching kind of takeaway? Um, I'm kind of wondering, like, because we, we, we've – that's kind of been the frustration with, with Tech this year is that they're obviously really talented. Um, they just haven't been able to play up to the, the weaker teams or the teams more – at the middle of the pack in the Big 12. Um, but one, if I'm Texas, I think this is a I think this is a solid win regardless. Like even you can we can call it an almost upset. We can say they got away with one, but coming off of you know those back-to-back losses to Baylor, like there was I had some questions about how Texas would kind of respond to this kind of stretch of their schedule. Um, they go to tech. Obviously, the the men's game had a lot of hype surrounding it, and so this one, obviously for different reasons, but this one, anytime Tech comes to Lo- Texas comes to Lubbock, like it's going to be a pretty good environment. So, I think Texas had a um, uh, uh, Texas. It, it was an underrated environment to me from what I saw in the crowd as well. So, uh, I thought it was a tra- it was a not a trap game, but kind of like when you're in a lull after losing a back to back like that against Baylor. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't take this for granted. Um, I will say this is kind of the Vic, uh, Krista Gerlich versus Vic Schaefer thing is kind of becoming a thing now. Um, Danny Davis on, I didn't see the confrontation or if there was a confrontation or not, but of course you remember the first game. There was there another was confrontation? Apparently. I don't oh know. So, gosh. so here we go. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Let me see. Vic, this is Danny Davis from the Statesman on Twitter. Uh, Vic was asked if he chalked up the verbal verbal confrontations with Tech's coaches in both Austin and Lubbock to competitive nature. He simply replied no to what ended up being the last question of the press conference. Uh, Then Danny Davis had a, uh, apparently Krista Gerlich had a statement as well. So uh, Krista Gerlich was not asked last night about the post-game scene between Vic Schaefer and her staff. She did say this during a long answer to a question about the role models for young girls on her basketball team. Gerlich did not mention Vic, but the dots aren't hard to connect. So this is Krista Gerlich now. It is unfortunate when you have other leaders of programs that want to address women or attack women in a professional setting when they're supposed to be empowering their own women. How can you do that? How can you 
be a leader of women when you go after other after women in the profession. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So we got some, we got some, we got some beef. <laughs> yeah, some- I, I, I want her. Uh, I want to just keep it like one on one. I don't want to. I don't want it to like turn. Like I understand Krista's or Coach Gerlich's rather. <laughs> I never like referring to coaches by their first name, but I understand <laughs> Coach Gerlich's like sentiment. Yeah, in the sport, but I do. I would rather just keep it between those two than say like he's setting a bad example for women. And I don't know what happened exactly, but sure. like when you turn it into just like he's a bad role model for women in right. general, it's just like that. That makes it like way way bigger than to me. It's just a sports beef. Like, mm-hmm. but I don't know exactly what happened, so I can't like too defi- like. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what exactly because like I've been googling it. I don't see. I mean, yeah, I I don't I don't, I don't know. Small. Yeah. Well, I, let me see. Hold on here. Here's De- Dennis De La Pena says, uh, has something right here from, he's from uh, Fox seven in Austin. He had some footage after the game. So he uh, secret footage. It looks like, no, I mean, it's, it's just, I think it's the broadcast footage, but it's like focused on Vic Shea. Yeah. So it looks like after the layup, after the handshake line, he's like, he's like Vic Schaefer's like kind of drawing to some of the coaches. And I don't like, he's like pointing at him and like, Rory Harmon has to kind of come over and like pull him back to the Texas side. Oh God. Oh God. Look, look, I, I'm not he saying that he very... was in the right. He was definitely probably whatever he did. And if you're explaining, you know, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, this is the literal. Yeah. I was about to say there's, I have, I have no context behind what's happening or what he was saying or whatever, but I love this it. is, this is, this is something to kind of keep it. track of because I love it. this is a little thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Like if you're Texas tech, yeah. no, no offense to Texas tech, but like, and, and Texas has been bad at football. Like both schools have been pretty bad at football the past few right. years. So like, whatever. Basketball right. though, it's very different. Let's get the beefs going in basketball, head to head. Coaches, coaches. Uh, Adams versus Beard fighting in the locker room or in the tunnel. <laughs> like now, Gerlich and and Schaefer going at it on the court. All for it. Texas uh, Tech and Texas basketball beef. I'm I'm here, here for this. I'm here for this. Let's go. Huge fan. Huge fan. Yeah. So, yeah. But like you said, to get a win on the road after back-to-back mm-hmm. losses alone, that's a big deal. It's a good yep. good win for them. I don't have their schedule upcoming schedule in front of me because I know I always actually I do. Uh, Oklahoma, who's really good. Iowa State. Okay, yeah. Texas might be in a little bit of trouble. Oklahoma, I was about to say this stretch is going to be hard. So that was a, that's actually a pretty West big Virginia. win. Yeah, and then West Virginia, then Kansas State. So three of the next four are going to be tough, tough. Yeah. Um. So we'll see how those do, but at least those two are next, next two are at home for Texas. Mm-hmm. Preferably you'd like to get one and stay above 500 after that. So we will see how, how they do there. Um, we got a lot of men's basketball talk about the headliner is Houston and SMU though. Mm-hmm. That is the one that I was watching last night and it's the one that we were last. So it's, it's complicated, right? Tech mm-hmm. Houston has been a complicated team this year because of the injuries yeah. for the year. Right. We're like, they're going to be good. We don't know if they're going to be as good. We're like, you know, they might just take a natural step back because they lost so much. And then they start the year and they're, they're really good. They lost by one to Bama, you know, lost by two to Wisconsin, but they beat everybody else. It looked really good. Then Marcus Sasser goes down mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, well now what do we do? Like, right. How do we kind of evaluate? what this team is exactly so now then it was like all right well let's just take a pause let's take a moment and let's kind of gather our thoughts on houston because we don't know how good they are and they're not going to play a good team for a bit Mm -hmm. um and then they played cincinnati 
and this was our last podcast. We touched on this a lot, but they looked really, really good against Cincinnati. They had, um, they've had in like multiple, like not just the Cincinnati game, but in general, they've had new players step up. Taze Moore, Josh Carlton, Jamal Shedd, um, Juwan Roberts, who you go down the list. Um, all these guys have started playing really, really well. And I was, I was optimistic that they were going to be able to do it. It's still, obviously, Marcus Sasser is the best player on this team. You lose your best mm-hmm. player. Tremont Mark is a very, very good player. Like, they put it, the graphic up on during the game. is like, that's 28 points per game you're losing on a team that already is not the most potent team in the country. Mm-hmm. Now, they played SMU at SMU last night. Uh, George Bush was in attendance. Boban was in attendance. Like you had all the all the stars out there for us. I was about to say, you know, the stars: George Bush and Boban. Yeah, this is all <laughs> all them. I think I think Josh Green was out there too. So you know, great Mavs, greats, and yeah. uh, Bush. Regardless, Houston gets off to a really good start. I, I it looked like they were gonna control the game, and for the majority of the game, they were up double digits. Mm-hmm. And then SMU goes on its run and closes the game. Um, I don't have the run in front of me, but close the game on an incredible run to take the lead late and defeat Houston 85 to 83. And I leave this game with a good amount of takeaways, but still like, who do you think this game says more about? I think it says more about SMU. Um, I think it says more about what we, what this team can be. Right. I think when you have, again, Houston, we, we can talk about kind of the, the weird ceiling that we kind of were debating with Houston, but, and in the end, I think this is still a team that was, and might still, you know, they're probably, they could still run away with the AC regular season. I know they're only a game up now at SMU, but you know, this was an upset, right? It wasn't a surprise that, um, or it was a surprise that Houston did that Houston stumbled. We expected them to kind of roll through the AAC. So I think having one loss on the schedule wouldn't shock. Again, if you told us after Marcus Sasser got hurt, Hey, they're probably going to lose a couple games in the AAC. Like we wouldn't have stunned us. Right. Um, But what I do think is that it really does says a lot about SMU because like you mentioned, Houston was controlling this game. And uh, as I was watching this game, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling where like Houston was up like 10 to 11, like a lot of the time. Mm. And to me, that's like a very deceiving score because if you're only, I don't know why, but like every time a team is only up 10 to 11, what that says to me is you really, you're in control, but you can't put them away. Yeah. Right. Cause like the, like, cause you know, for, for NBA uh, parallel, you know, when the Warriors have a 10-point lead, that 10-point lead becomes a 30-point or something like that, right? And so it's like they could put the foot down. There are so many teams where a 10-point lead stays a 10-point lead, and you just can't quite put them away. It, it was uh, similar with Tech in Texas last week um, to where, you know, Tech Texas kind of hung around. You, it kind of showed their kind of base-level talent is not, you know, they're not going to get blown out anywhere. Um, and this one, I think it showed that SMU is not a team that's – gonna get blown out and i think that that houston credit one credit to smu for staying small i think that was the one thing that i was really worried about was like oh they're gonna try to match them on the boards by going big playing tristan clark a lot they didn't they stayed small like you know marcus weather stayed at the five basically um 
And the other thing that happened was Zach Nuttall. Like he hasn't had the best season for them. And he hit some huge threes late in the game to finally, you know, as SMU kept that 10 point margin or that 10 point deficit, one run all of a sudden swung the game in their favor. Yeah. You bring, uh, you bring up a lot of good points. I'll, you We have a lot of the same points here because I like mm-hmm. just have bullet points while I'm watching the game. And in all caps, towards the end, I, I put, this is what SMU is supposed to look like. This yeah. is what it was supposed to be the entire season. Not saying they've been bad this season because they've actually been pr- pretty good. But <laughs> this is a team we were like, oh, man, SMU, they're going to be top 30 in the country in offense. They're going to be uh, playing with a lot of pace, like this and that. And for a lot of the year, it's been like, okay, they've been good, you know, but then they'll have these random losses or random games where they don't play well. Like they lost to Missouri, Loyola, Marymount, Wichita State loss was concerning. Yep. And then they come out against Houston and Houston goes up 11 to zero. And this is what Houston's done for a lot of this season, especially with, with Sasser out. And this is a credit to Kelvin Sampson. They've come out of the gates swinging a lot. And most teams don't have the firepower to come back because Houston's mm-hmm. defense is so good and they're just so active all the time that it's hard to, to come back on them. And SMU, like you said, kept it within 10, kept it within 11, uh, 12 or so. And then to go to your other point, them being small looked like it, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it shook up Houston, but it like caught them in a kind of bad positions where the cuts mm-hmm. were a little bit more open to the rim. It felt like the rim was a little bit more open than usual against Houston. And then right. they were able to kick out for three, the wet, the weathers brothers hit threes, Nuttall hit threes. They shot the ball pretty well. And that was the difference because SMU was able to space Houston out and SMU was able to, I mean, they shot 12 of 23 from three, like, yeah. and they were all pretty good looks. Like they were able to get really good looks against a Houston defense that, is, is really good at making you uncomfortable. So um, this is what SMU was supposed to look like. Just give teams fits with their yeah. offensive versatility. And we haven't even talked about him yet, but Kendrick Davis was the best player on the court. Kendrick Davis he's, is – He's that dude, man. <laughs> sensational. This is – Kendrick Davis has done this all like all year with the, with the usage rate, but against a, a team again, a, against a team in Houston that we know is great, he puts up 22 points, seven boards, seven assists – um, eight and nine from the free throw line, six of 11 from the field in 39 minutes. And he was in, he was in control. Even when Houston was digging on him, Houston was doubling. Houston was really being really aggressive with him. And he still found ways to just make plays for everybody else. And that showed his value. And he's the engine of this, this team. And he does a great job for it. And now even with, I mean, the, the slow ish, even with Isaiah JC going out for the year, it still mm-hmm. feels like SMU now has defined roles on this team and they know what they have to do to win games because, I mean, that that's about as – I agree with you. It says a lot more about SMU than it does Houston. It was a home game for SMU coming off a loss. They bounced back. They kind of established themselves to me as, like, the second-best team in the conference. Yeah, and I think that you mentioned Kendrick Davis, and he was a big reason why that that – 10 point lead never got to like 15 or 20 he because in that first half it was a lot of him and a lot of like you know uh, there was one bucket in transition where he, i think i forgot who he crossed up but he's just like a perfect cross up and yes. one like off one foot layup and it was just like oh like this dude is keeping this team in the game you know um and then finally like not all um 
not on weather. I mean, both weathers were hitting threes too towards the end. And it was like, okay, when everybody else got into the game, it was like, okay, cool. Like here now here's SMU. Um, and I do, I do want to give credit to uh, Jamal Shedd for Houston because that dude, I mean, he had a double-double. I think he had 12 uh, – let me see. He finished with 14 points, 12 assists. Like, And he's been the absolute breakout player this year for Houston. And he was hitting buckets. He For a while there, it was him versus um, – uh, him versus Kendrick Davis, and it was yeah. it was def- two different two different types of point guards, but definitely uh, just one of the fun guard battles I've seen this year. But yeah, man, yeah, man SMU, it, they're turning into the team that we hoped they would. Um, and like you, I was concerned about the Wichita State loss, but now it's like okay, like you know, you, you should be favored again. You play Houston one more time. Aside from that game, you, you uh, SMU should be favored in basically all of their games before, yeah. except that one. So, um, and they're only a game back now of Houston in the AAC. And I think Jeff Goodman tweeted out, this game probably gets SMU in the tournament. That's exactly like that where way. I was going. That's exactly yeah. where I was going. Because coming out, I had read an article yesterday, actually before the game, yesterday afternoon. Um, a guy laid out like, who are the locks? What do these other teams need? He went through every single conference. Mm-hmm. And when he got to SMU, it was on the bubble, you know, you're, you know, probably sweating a bit. And he basically said they need to beat Houston. One of those two guys, one of the two games, cause they just need a signature, uh, one more signature win here. Like they mm-hmm. need to get a big win. And so for them to win this game, probably got them in the tournament. You're right. Yeah. Like, and that, that's, that's a big deal because I mean, obviously there's still a lot of season left. You can't lose like, you know, random games to, to bad teams, but right. This this win kind of sets sets them up to be in position to get in. Whereas before, if you lose to Houston twice, even if you make the conference championship in the in the AAC, like I don't know if that's enough because nobody else in the AAC is any good. So yeah, that's kind of how it is. Now, go ahead. And I will say one thing that uh, one quick thing. When's the last time you almost see saw Houston even on the offensive boards? They only won eight eight yeah. to nine versus SMU, which is nuts. So yeah, hey, it, what was your point? Yeah, yeah. I, to, to bounce off your point, I mean, well, let's look at Houston, though, because yeah. they start off the game and they shoot 70%, I think, in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was 70%, exactly. That's nuts. And <laughs> 7 of 11 from three, yeah. like, they just couldn't miss. And then the second half, they only scored 32 points. Mm-hmm. And the broadcast talked about how they kind of looked wore down. Mm-hmm. And Initially, my, my initial reaction was like, because they the, the broadcast kept talking about how they're not as deep without the, the two star the two players they I mean, lost. Sure, and I was like, but... I was like, yeah, that makes uh, like sure on paper, yes. Um, right. ideally you wouldn't want to play Ramon Walker 13 minutes, but he does play like 13, 15 minutes a game. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's it's not like he's not playing. He, right. he is playing. Um, I will say Jawan Roberts only played three minutes, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, five points and um, I mean, two or two shooting. They, they were, they did favor Josh Carlton and Fabian white for a lot of the game, obviously, mm-hmm. which is understandable, but still I, I didn't think of it. And then as the game wore on, it was just like SMU looked like they had more of a punch late. And I do yeah. want to say, I think a lot of that is playing at home in front of their home crowd. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big sure. deal. 
Uh, maybe maybe they got all hyped up to play in front of uh, Bush, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But um, yeah, uh, well, Bush goes like every game. Every time I watch an SMU, I was about to say he's like every SMU. <laughs> he like count. lives right down the street. He just walks down. Like you're oh, excited this. to see Boban. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, they looked like they had more of a punch late, and that's where I was like, is there some like substance to this? Like, is Houston actually a team that if they don't knock you out on the first punch? Like if it starts going 10, 11, 12 rounds here, like can is this a concern for them? Yeah, like then yeah. that's what I started thinking. I, and I don't know the answer to that. That's a good point because like, I mean, again, I mentioned uh, Jamal Shedd and I think he's done a great job as kind of the new initiator for the offense, but he's, you know, he's, he's a true point guard. Like he's a very much a tempo kind of guy. Like he's not somebody who's, he's not somebody who's going to score with a Kendrick Davis, right? Bucket for bucket. Um and so I do, it is interesting that they kind of don't have, and I say don't, right? They still scored fine with SMU, but you knew, you saw the guy when things were going badly, who SMU looked to, right? It was Kendrick Davis. And then yeah. obviously everybody else came into the frame. Houston doesn't necessarily have um, right now to where when a team's counterpunching, who's the guy that you get look to, to kind of say, nope, this game's done, right? Yes. Um, because and one yeah, of the, so. the player that kind of tried to do that was Taze Moore. Oh, yeah. Taze Moore played great. Yeah. Yeah. He played really well. And then late, because early in the first half, and he's kind of, he might be like the, he played all 40 minutes. He might yeah. be like exactly what I'm talking about here. In the first half, he was isoing, he was scoring, he was getting to the rim. Well, one for um, seven in the second half. Hit some tough threes. Yeah. And then in the second half, he looked a little worn down. He looked a little fatigued. He didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't have the lift on his shots. He couldn't get to the rim as easily. And right. it's like, all right this is where you need other guys to kind of step up. And it didn't really feel like they could do that against an SMU defense. That isn't great. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing is like, they're not exactly a, a powerhouse on defense. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but again, that, that all goes back to, you know, why I'm concerned, why I'm not concerned for Houston and I'm more kind of impressed with SMU because yeah. this is a team that is looking like they're hitting their ceiling and kind of hitting it at the right time. Cause they come into the part of their schedule where, all right, you got some chance to, to get some, get some more wins. And that, you know, the, if you can hope Houston stumbles one more time, that all of a sudden that game in Houston turns into a regular season title. Yeah. Because neither of these teams should really, in theory, no, they, they neither of them should. Um, so I'm hoping that game, basically be, they never, they don't lose until they play that game again. <laughs> yeah. Cause if they win four more, that'd be, yeah, that could be like 13 and one against like 12 and two, something like that. Right. Yeah, that'd be, pretty big in theory um but yeah that's gonna be big houston's up to sixth in offense now in kim palm uh they did drop to 14th in defense but which is kind of understandable um defense struggled a bit but still uh the other upset of the night is texas tech losing to oklahoma and the other texas tie-in we have here is moja gibson and moja gibson (laughs) north texas great um lights up texas tech man just absolutely kills them goes for 30 points on 8 of 11 from three um 9 of 14 from the fields <laughs> i mean the the north texas pipeline just creates <laughs> just creates stars really if you look at it like this is the only way oklahoma could beat in texas tech like okay. J- jordan goldwire ain't gonna beat him like tanner groves ain't gonna isn't gonna beat him Right. Like Ethan Chargwall is not gonna be it had to have been Mo Gibson shooting, <laughs> shooting the lights out of the building, and that's what happened. And so um 
yeah, I, I don't think it's an awful loss for Texas Tech because personally, even though we've seen Texas Tech's highs, mm-hmm. we've, we've been very, very adamant that the wins that Texas Tech has had over Texas, Baylor, Kansas, it has shown us a ceiling that we didn't know that they had. So yeah. now we're going to the tournament, we'll go into the, the future, and we'll be like, all right, Texas Tech could make a run in the tournament to the Final Four. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't know if that was possible for con- conference play, but now we know that that's possible. Right. But it's still a team that is flawed enough to where, you're, where they're not they're going to lose games to what, mm-hmm. on the road to a random team like Oklahoma. Like, they're going to have nights where – uh, Kevin O'Banner or Bryson Williams don't score as well, or Terrence Shannon, who still looks like he's not really 100% at all, he might be like 80% at this point, is still kind of working his way back. There's just still a little too many question marks here for me to be like, oh, this is a team that's going to go 14 and four, 13 and five in conference. Like they're just, they're right. not going to do that. So yeah. it doesn't shock me. But at the same time, you know, it's not a good loss still. You don't want to, you don't want to lose to Oklahoma. Yeah. I think that the one thing this game reminded me of, because I didn't really, you know, I didn't really see the, the West Virginia game. Um, but I, from the Texas game that kind of clouded my judgment of tech a little bit was I forgot that this team is not a good shooting team. Like, cause they, they, because uh, uh, O'Banner and Williams hit a couple big shots against Texas. Let me see. I think they shot Bryson Williams and Kevin O'Banner. When I feel like they just show up in big games at this yeah. point. They, well, they shot 42. Yeah, they shot 42% from three against Texas. So it was like, oh man, you know, that was a big part of why they why they kind of maintained that lead. They were they kept hitting those big threes. And you know, I mentioned O'Banner kept getting like the shooter's roll and all that stuff. He had there were a couple bad shots that just kind of bricked in. Um, but I mean, they 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 rely, I don't want to say they rely on the three. They shoot way too much of a team that's really bad at threes. <laughs> Like they really do. Um, I believe they went two of 17 in this game from three. Um, O'Banner is somebody who. They're shooting 26% game, he, from they're shooting 26% from three in conference play, which is dead last in the conference. Right. Exactly. No, that's my thing. Like they shoot way too much for a team that cannot shoot. And I, I like O'Banner's game. He shoots, he steps out way too much. Uh, Bryson Williams, he steps out a little too much for my, for my liking. Um, in this game, luckily, O'Banner only shot two, but that's one thing that I've that I've like. Every time I've watched them, even against Texas, I was like, mm, yeah, like I don't know. They're they're a bad. And this is one of those games where if you need if you if a team gets hot against you, you know, it's gonna be yeah. you know they're, they're not they're not gonna surrender this kind of shooting every night. But when the off chance that you know Emoja Gibson goes off for thirty, you want somebody that's able to kind of a, match kind of match that a little bit or at least it's a team match it which you know they can't do that so yeah and so it's like this is why texas tech is probably i mean to be fair a lot of the big 12 is inconsistent to me True. um but texas tech is going to be inconsistent because of the three-point shooting that that they don't have so yeah. that's gonna be interesting i mean defensively they're still number one in the conference in defensive efficiency uh in mm-hmm. the big 12 and that's what's going to win games. They're not going to win games when teams score 70 on them, really. I mean, for the most part, I'm mean, looking at the other results. They followed teams, obviously, to under 70 in every win this year, if I'm looking at it correctly. I mean, oh, except for North Florida to start the year. But, yeah, I, all the losses have been 72 to Providence, 69 to Gonzaga. Uh, well, the Iowa State win was a, a brick fight, and I don't want to talk about that. Uh, Kansas State, they scored 51 points. 
And then, so it's, it's just a, it's a team that's going to have its inconsistencies, but when it comes sure. to tournament time, you want to hope that Kevin O'Banner, Bryson Williams, this experience that you have, uh, not only in the front court, but in the back court as well, is going to win, win those close games and pull it out and figure out the offense when it matters. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm not too concerned about this, but it does show the, the inconsistencies with Texas Tech. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see who they got next. I got TCU, who got uh, shellacked. Oh, no, wait, sorry. I'm looking at the women. TCU who has not – uh, oh, they don't play t- TCU. Yeah. Um, they play TCU, Baylor. And then Texas again. So, yeah, they got an interesting stretch coming up. So, wait, Texas, TCU, Texas. then Baylor, then, te- and then Tech? I'm sorry. TCU, Baylor, Texas. TCU, Baylor, Texas. Okay. Yeah, interesting stretch. And TCU has not traded Mike Miles yet. <laughs> so, okay. No, Woj has not tweeted the Woj, Mike Miles we, we don't have a, <laughs> a Jeff Goodman tweet or something like that. <laughs> um, all right, who, who do we have left here? Oh, we got a couple games left from Monday, I believe. They both – no, and it was on Tuesday. So on Monday, let's start with Monday. Monday, North Texas beat UTEP uh, men's. And I left that game really impressed with both teams. UTEP looked like came out in the first half and was was, was swinging. They were mm-hmm. playing really, really well. Uh, Jamal Bienemy, your boy, mm-hmm. came out and had like 15 points in the first like eight minutes. Yep. And I was like – all right, Ish, I'm sorry. I, I, I typed out this long three-paragraph apology, and I just didn't send it. It's in my drafts. Jamal <laughs> Bienemy, man, comes out 15 points, like, for, let's say 10 minutes, and then scores two points the rest of the game. But yeah. regardless, Sule Boom drops 20. Like, they looked really comfortable against a defense that is really, really good in North Texas. Like, if this was a regularly paced team in North Texas mm-hmm. that didn't kill – 30 seconds every time and then get the mm-hmm. offensive rebound and kill 20 more seconds. Like they could have scored like 70 points, right? But you know, that's just not how North Texas gets down. Um, so I, I left the game pretty happy with UTEP to put up a fight on the road against North Texas. At the same time, I look at North Texas and I'm like, this is a game you very easily could have lost. Like UTEP has been playing really well. The enemy comes out hot to set the tone and North Texas just, they're just so consistent. Mm-hmm. Just so consistent and a big reason, a big development for them. Not only has the three-point shooting been much improved, but uh, Abu Usman, Abu Usman at center is looking like a top three center in conference USA at this point. And he's really, really playing well. He's putting up like 17 and seven over the last three games. I want to say that's what he's averaging. Mm-hmm. And if they get a post presence like him to replace Zachary Simmons, because that was the whole thing. You lost Zach Simmons along with Javion and James Reese. If you can replace Zachary Simmons a little bit with Abu, that's a big deal for this team because the way that they're shooting right now, uh, they have a lot of they have really good balance with their offense. So North yeah. Texas, that's a really impressive win. And so I left that game feeling good about both teams moving forward. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, North Texas, it's just nuts how they're number one. I mean, obviously their defense is their calling card, but they're number one in efficiency in the conference on offense. Like <laughs> they're just like that. It's just a, a absolute grinding gear basically of like, you mentioned their slow pace, but once they get in the half court, they can just get any shot they want at, you know, five seconds up to the shot clock or whatever. Yeah. And credit to, I mean, the, this is what's happened the past couple of years. Their offense like hits a stride mm-hmm. in conference play. And it's really unique because, like, if you look at, like, let's say 2020, they ended they ended the conference season with a 113 offensive rating. Like, 
they just blew people out of the water. Right now they're yeah. at 112. And last year in conference, they were at 105. And so it's like, and last year was their worst regular season of the past three. So like they, they mm-hmm. remember they finished third in their division before they went on the run. So it's like to, to lose the talent that they lost. I mean, James Reese is the best player on South Carolina right now. Mm-hmm. Like right. yeah. Moja Gibson's putting up 30 points in the big 12. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it boggles my mind how this team not only is a great defensive team, but is like lighting it up on offense, shooting 43% from three, like 56% right. effective field percentage. Like you said, it makes no sense to me at all. And so I just want to give a Nuts. round of applause to North Texas because damn, that's, that's just insane. Like the all time North Texas team mm-hmm. from like the McCaslin era. That's it. That's a I team. mean, yeah, I was about to say that, like the fact that we're already kind of like up in like because last year, you know, we mentioned last year, last year they kind of they didn't stumble, but like it was mostly like a, oh, they won the conference tournament. Like it was like, oh, yeah. nice. You know, it was definitely like a, a pleasant surprise. It wasn't like a shock or anything. But this year it's like to go from that to like, yeah, they're the favorites, like <laughs> to be better. Yeah. <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. So yeah, there's uh, I liked both teams there. Uh, I don't know who UTEP has next because let's see if they can keep rolling. Oh, Marshall, uh, they'll win. North Texas has Rice coming up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Big your, game. Your, your arch nemesis, Rice. Big game. Big game, <laughs> Big game for me personally. <laughs> I would be calling all the coaches like, hey, y'all better not lose to Rice now, okay? A lot of writing a, on this I got team. an agenda going here. Yeah. I, don't have anything, any, I don't have any money on y'all here, but my pride is at stake. So don't lose. Made, he's, he's made an example out of Rice's here. Well, this is the three-game stretch, right, for North Texas. It's Rice, right. then FAU, then UAB. And you could throw mm-hmm. UTEP in there as well. So it's a four-game stretch, really. But Rice, FAU, UAB, that's sure. a three-game stretch that's going to be re- – that's going to decide the conference championship – conference champion, you know, especially that UAB game on the 19th. So mm-hmm. we'll see. UTEP has uh, – they'll beat Marshall. And then they have La Tech on the 17th, which I'm actually very interested in. Uh, that's next week. That's a week from today. Um, and it's at La Tech. I wouldn't be surprised if UTEP gives them, give the, gives them a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And the final game, uh, we, final team we got to talk about is Texas A&M. Yeah. Oh, man. I was I – was, I had sold them earlier in the year. Yeah. And they brought me back. And I, I, I bought back and I was like, okay, well, or I bought a little bit back. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. They, they intrigued me a bit. Then I watched them at Baton Rouge lose to LSU and I was like, okay, you can't lose to that LSU team. That LSU team lost six of seven and their only win was over AM. Like, that was a first red flag. AM was like, look, we'll, we'll show you a losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> like like if you i mean lsu and lsu fans rightfully so are just like can we play AM like every every single game at this point like even in football when lsu was like five and six on the year and like played AM and somehow beat AM in the last second right. um like they just they love people and they love being AM. so AM has now lost how many is this in a row <laughs> one oh two, man three, yeah it's four or five six is this seven? Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Dang, it is seven. Yeah. They've lost seven in a row, and they have Auburn on Saturday, yeah. who they're not going to beat. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, Auburn hasn't looked great. I don't know. I don't care. Lost. I don't care if Auburn <laughs> – if it, it could be Jabari They Smith, almost lost to Georgia. Five. They, they almost did. You're right. Then then they did lose. Then they, they just lost the game to – To Arkansas. Yeah, to Arkansas. There, there's 
it's, it's, it's something going on there with, with right. Auburn. We, they, they can pull Auburn, off I don't know what the spread is. They're covering the spread. Auburn's winning that game at home <laughs> by at least 20. I Yeah, so, like, the, the frustrating part about this is, like, I do think AM is a good team. They're, I just think everybody else in the SEC is, like, a year ahead of them. Because um, that's the thing is, like, they're basically bringing all these guys back roughly next year. Um, it just sucks that they're not going to get, like, they're not going to look at the record and be like, that's, oh, look, we took a step forward. You know, it's going to be, I don't think they're, they're probably not going to hit the 20 win mark, you know? Um, and so like, yeah, I don't know. I do think this team is a lot better because I didn't think this team was good at all last year. And yeah, when you clear out that roster and you're kind of making changes, it's like, uh, okay, I don't know what Buzz Williams is kind of doing here. And I still think they're good. Uh, if I'm an AM fan, I think it left the very least what you say is after this year is okay, I, I at least have faith in what Buzz Williams is doing, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that that this was this this was how you turned this is this was supposed to be the game you turn around your your losing streak. Uh, LSU was not in a good spot and they came out and basically more or less controlled. They, uh, they, LSU was up 36 to 16 at the first at the end of the, at halftime. Yeah, and it's like A and M just looked defeated, and I was yeah. like, the, "Offense is falling off, defense is falling off." Like, like it's yeah, it's a bit. I mean, they're I want to say they're eleventh in effective field goal percentage on offense, and then ninth in defense. Like, yeah, in the conference, uh, they give up the they give up so many boards, and so yeah, yeah, and so, so I mean, and I agree with you. It's like yeah, the SEC is tough. I mean, it's course. it's no, no, no. I'm not even using that as an excuse anymore. I'm using like I think the SEC. I think they're just they're not as talented this year yeah just flat out so like i'm that's my thing i'm kind of sec is good right don't get me wrong but like i'm not i don't think i'm not as high on the sec as i probably was in the beginning of the year mm-hmm. um i mean yeah but they, they off i do think their projects are the, uh, most of their teams are just a year better than a i mean they lost to south carolina missouri at home it, james reese yeah, put up 20 points on them excuse. james reese put up 20 points on them in college station yeah, College know, Station, like, North Texas. I'm making excuses. I was like that. <laughs> James Reese, Mo, and Javion, and rolling out there being A&M right now. Like, like you mentioned, that that pipeline, that pipeline's serious. <laughs> I mean, you just you can't lose to South Carolina and Missouri at home, and then LSU no. at home. No, no, no sympathy there. So yeah, they're gonna struggle the rest of the way. Auburn, Florida, Vandy, Georgia. I mean, that's the thing about the SEC though is the bottom is is you can win some games there. That's where they should be winning games in theory but they have not. So that was disappointing to watch. It wasn't disappointing, you know, in like a fan sense. I was just like, damn, I thought AM would like at least fight with LSU a bit. Right. And they did not at all. So, all right, that is it. Any major NBA trades have broken since, since we've been doing this podcast? Uh, first trade uh, yeah. I was about to say that was, that was kind of the one I saw your boy. They're going to get rid of Josh Richardson too. They're, I love it. Just get rid of look, I have my Spurs shirt on. My brother got me this for Christmas. Oh, that's a nice one too. It's a fiesta. I, I know, a nice little fiesta one. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah, Spurs are just gonna get rid of all these mid players that they have. It's about time. <laughs> should have done, should have done it when you traded Kawhi, but whatever. Four years, three years later, same yeah, thing. Yeah, they're uh they're uh I get it. They want to hold on to that playoff run. As long, yeah, as, as long as the pop gets those like six more wins and becomes like the all-time, all-time winning is Ted coach. Yeah. Oh, hey, the Suns got Tory Craig back. Look at that. 
I'll take it. How'd y'all pull that one off? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Jalen Smith. I, I mentioned Jalen Smith as, uh, as kind of the key trade piece that they just brought him back. That's awesome. It was like y'all drafted Jalen Smith just to like, as soon as he showed potential, it's like, boom, get him out. Oh, my God. It was gone. He is gone. Yeah. Uh, what contract does he have? I'm curious. I don't even That's know. That's funny. Tori Craig. I, lo- I love that. Oh, it's a two-year deal. Okay, nice. He has a two-year deal. Okay, okay. Hey, you got to do Run something. it back, baby. Run gotta back do. the exact same team as last year. <laughs> Oh. oh man all right so well that's all we have for y'all today um yep. we appreciate y'all listening uh very eventful week i haven't even looked at the weekend schedule yet if i'm being honest i mean this is gonna i'm assuming it's gonna be more of the same the whack and conference usa games for those wondering mm-hmm. maybe say we don't talk about them enough uh they don't they didn't play at all monday through thursday monday through wednesday they don't play at all so they play are they're playing thursday and saturday pretty much so we'll we will have I'll make sure we cover Conference USA and WAC. Mostly the WAC because Conference USA is Conference USA. We've run that down enough. We'll talk some uh, – I'll say right now, we'll talk some SMU women because they've been back. because we, we, we planned to talk right. about them back in January. They were on that COVID cancellation postponement. So they play Wichita State this weekend. We will talk about them next because uh, I believe they are third in the AAC right now, which is, again, pretty great considering they're uh, yes. last year. Um, and I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, low key, here's a shout out. Here's a shout out. Yeah, before I know we we bur- we buried uh, Texan and women, but they've won a couple games in a row. So I think okay. they're up to like I think they've won two games in a row. If I'm not mistaken, they beat Kentucky. I know that mm-hmm. in overtime, and they beat Arkansas. And okay. Arkansas beat LSU. I know that because I watched that. Oh, we got we got Texas Baylor this weekend in the men's side. I forgot about that. I was like Texas Baylor women again. No, I was like, <laughs> they're making them play a third time. I was like, who's doing this? Who is orchestrating this? Uh, okay. No, so no, the, the men's side. We got okay. them Saturday. Yeah. There you go. There's a there's a big one. I don't know. Is it at Texas? Uh, this one yes. is in... I'm pretty sure it's at Texas, actually. Wait, no, I just clicked on Because I think it's I remember. Baylor. It's at Baylor. No, this first one's at Baylor. Hey, man. So, yeah. All right, good That's luck, a... Texas. Do your thing. Yep. Try to score. That's basically it. Make shots. <laughs> All right. And, and speaking of struggling, speak, hold on, one more. Speaking of struggling, uh, TCU women, they got uh, Iowa State that. this weekend. They lost 76 to 47 to Oklahoma State uh, the other day. That. I so, can't believe it. Yeah. What a that's weird, that's what a weird sport we cover. Oh, man. That's probably <laughs> one that's, yeah, we can just put that to the side. So, <laughs> don't need put to talk that about that to the side. Um, all right. Uh, that's all we got for y'all today. Uh, we appreciate y'all for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. We'll be back next week with another podcast recap in the weekend. So check that out as well. Send it to a friend. Leave us a five-star rating review on Apple and Spotify. We thank y'all for joining us. We'll talk to y'all later.